Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geek Explained Book Club, where I, alongside my amazing friends, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Bagley, Sarah Pacelli, Stuart Immonen, David LaFuente, Mark Brooks, and Trevor Hare scenes. Ultimate Spider-Man. And this week, we are, uh, we are a man down once again. Jacob has strangely been missing. Um, we've been hearing a lot recently about a, uh, a movie that they're making that I don't know if he's involved with or not, but they're, it's called Jacob Brown the Movie. I'm not sure what's going on with that. But luckily, I am here, of course, with the only man who I would trust to point a gun at me and then promise to never betray me or reveal my secrets malcolm russell nelson hello i absolutely would do that he would he would it's true it, malcolm, to, to be fair i would probably say i will never betray you in the same line reading that jeff bridges gives in tron legacy can you give it to me right now and i will never betray you excellent and specifically clue speaking to everyone uh in his giant speech because clue is the bad guy spoilers if you haven't seen tron legacy a perfect movie a, a perfect movie. A perfect Genuinely, movie. if you haven't watched Tron Legacy recently, go back and Honestly, watch it twice. It's on Disney Plus and it looks gorgeous. Is it on Disney Plus? Oh, it's it's been on Disney Plus, dude. Yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we watched it like a year and a half ago. Yeah. It's, oh it's, my it's god. A, that is a perfect movie. That is still the best movie I've seen in 3D in the theaters. That was I the wish I'd seen it in 3D. I <sighs> I, uh, me and some friends who saw it at the time after watching it in the theater immediately walked over because this was at the, uh, the Foothills Mall, which is like right across, nice. yeah. the, right across a parking lot from Walmart. Yeah. We walked from, from there across the parking lot to Walmart and all got identity discs. Hell yeah. Like, because Hell we were yeah. just obsessed. Um, but we're not talking about Tron Legacy, unfortunately. We are talking Ultimate Spider-Man we'll <laughs> in the next Geek Explain Book Club. <laughs> we'll, 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 do, we'll do an episode. There'll, there'll be a regular feed episode. I'm just, I'm Eventually. Just, for sure. <laughs> if we ever get that Tron 3, I swear to God. Just one day. Me, one day. But we're talking volume 10 of Ultimate Spider-Man. We're 10 volumes in. Malcolm, have you been enjoying the run so far? I love it. <laughs> I love it. How, how, how have you been enjoying it? Because I'm an easy mark for this. This is my jam. But how have you been enjoying it? I've been really enjoying it. I was surprised at the direction it's gone for different characters, for different storylines. But to be honest, like I have... I haven't been this excited about reading Spider-Man week to week for a while. And like, I'm reading this at the same time as I'm reading beyond. And Which I'm is just, so good. I'm loving it. It makes me sad that it wraps up in two weeks. Yeah. I'm pretty bummed about that. But if this, uh, if the cover of this volume is anything to show, we might be getting another Spider-Man in Hollywood soon when it comes to the pages of Marvel Comics. Mm. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed my boy, Ben. Ben, So we're talking uh, Ultimate Spider-Man Volume 10. This is issues 54 through 59, I believe. Mm -hmm. And 
this one was interesting because <laughs> we just came out of uh we just came out of ultimate six which was you know the big blockbuster event of uh ultimate spider-man to, to this point and we're going from blockbuster to blockbuster because we dive into some very meta movie commentary here yeah. um you said that this came out around the same time as, as spider-man 2 2, yeah. two right yeah, it is. It is not. It is right around that same time, and it is very transparent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I almost mean, absurdly it's the so. First Spider-Man movie that they're making here, but yeah, it's it's absolutely <laughs> it's absolutely the first bit of hey, corporate synergy is a thing. Let's have a comic story in the Spider-Man book about the Spider-Man movie, while there's a Spider-Man movie in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess you know what it makes sense. It makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it's kind we of baller. We had the uh, the Grant Morrison X-Men alongside the uh, the X-Men films, and it's it's the early days of trying to synergize without being directly like, "Hey, this is a movie tie-in comic," and this one I guess you could say is closer to a movie tie-in it's hard to uh hard to say really but as we uh as we dive into this we are talking ultimate spider-man and it starts in an interesting place aunt may's national lampoon's vacation aunt may is going to florida she is heading off for some reason we don't we don't ever really like find out why she's going to florida at least not in this uh, volume she's probably going to smash dude oh you're she's right probably picked up some dude online and she's going to smash you're right for like a week you're right for she's sure. she is active she's an active lady for sure. she's going to lay down that dick dude gonna lay down some pipe uh for sure for sure this is what i was talking about last week when i said there was definitely gonna be discussion about it again yeah <laughs> She's going to do as she says to Peter and Gwen, hanky panky, hanky panky. And this what about a... shenanigans? <laughs> maybe, maybe mild shenanigans. This maybe is a weird. This is a weird uh, scene for me. A weird conversation because she's like, "All right, no hanky panky," and I'm like, "They're not." Peter's with MJ. What are we? Why are we having this conversation? So that. You know, I mean, I get it. Gwen Stacy, I get it. There's, it's Gwen Stacy, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there absolutely could be hanky panky. That's true. Saying. That's true. So, uh, Aunt May leaves them for, I think it said like a week. She's going to go down to Florida. Yeah. She's going to lay some pipe. And she gives them $300. Yeah. For food and emergencies. Like, my my parents took trips, right? And they'd be gone for like maybe like a week. I'd get like fifty bucks. Like Yeah, that sounds about right. And they drops three hundred dollars, which they end up splitting a yeah. hundred and fifty each. Yeah, and May's the goat. She's got money, I guess. DC Comics She's pays her money. well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. She must be and like then, a senior she, editor. Yeah, she clearly. Uh, I'm sure she works in a bad office. <laughs> it's the only office that makes money. Uh, <laughs> but when she leaves, it's really sweet. It's the uh, you know, Peter, I love you. Be safe and and well, you know. And then kisses him on the head, and then goes to Gwen, says, "And Gwendolyn, 
I am so happy you live here with us. I love you too. And kisses are on the cheek. And it's so sweet and like it's so really nice. heartwarming. And it it's sets really up the end of the story. Yes. This is a great yes, job with that. Very well. <laughs> so the two of them are left home alone. And I kind of wish we had gotten Ultimate Six here where it's a home alone situation where all of them raid Peter's house and him and Gwen have to set up traps. I think I would have liked it more. Awesome. But then, then Aunt May comes home and then the house is just completely obliterated. Mm-hmm. How do you do that without Aunt May knowing that he's Spider-Man? Like... That's when you bring in Nick Fury, baby. He's got he's to gotta, like, make up an excuse. He's like, hey, gas leaks, oh, right? You find out that Nick Fury is the one who she's going to Oh, down. no! <laughs> that's gonna be the reveal she's been hooking up with nick fury this whole time and just doesn't know that he <laughs> he is who he is he wants peter to call him uncle but oh May's no gonna call him daddy. oh no <laughs> no i don't like that at all i'm just saying it'd be oh. hot i totally watch it anyway i mean i get it i get it they're both catches um we get this like mm-hmm. journal entry of a of exposition yeah. from Peter. This one I don't think is utilized as well as it usually is. This one of the words in text. This, this one is clunkier uh, because it's at the beginning of an issue of a story arc. Yeah. Like and, there, it, and there's flow. no like there's no action with it. There's no kinetic flow with the page. He's just yeah. sitting there not even eating his cream kicks. Corn? It, it kind of I, I was thinking it was like kicks. It kind of looks like kicks that have been like Maybe sitting there for a second for like, like maybe half he got a day ready before like before may left and then he just went back to the bowl <laughs> maybe and meanwhile uh gwen stacy is making the most half-assed peanut butter and jelly sandwich i've ever seen in my life like her form is garbage hell? her form is garbage yeah. i'm sorry Honestly, when trash a certain man pops onto the screen a man we're one of the all... greatest Spider-Man villains of all time. Avi Arad, <laughs> the man himself, shilling his latest picture, Arachno Man. He's sold Mr. America. He sold the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, and he sold the Uncanny Z Mutants. <sighs> Avi Arad's here. Um. Though it's really interesting because at the beginning of this volume, they call him Lloyd Zant. And what? By the end of the story, he's called Avi Arad. Like full Wait, on. What do, you, what do you what do you mean? So in, he's in called this, Avi Arad at the beginning. No, no, no. So he's so looking at this, I'm I'm reading this right now. It says, um, Acclaimed cult director Griffin Foster is helming the project, which is rumored to be budgeted north of $100 million. Blah, blah, blah. Wait, what? Have... Yeah. What? That is yeah. very different from the version that I am. I'm reading. Okay, you're reading the Comixology one. Yeah, I'm reading Comixology, the, the collection. Interesting. I read Comixology, the issues, and what it says is acclaimed cult director Sam Raimi is helming the project. That's which is rumored wild. to be north of $100 million. And sit down with Academy Award-winning producer Avi Arad for a sneak peek at this cinematic extravaganza. 
So that's interesting. Mine reads, we had an opportunity to sit down with the blockbuster producer of such hits as Mr. America, Devil of Hell's Kitchen, and the Uncanny Z-Mutants, Lloyd Zant, for a sneak peek at the cinematic extravaganza. Oh, shit. I should pull out the single issue and see what it says on it. That's really interesting. We just we just hit a Spider-Verse right here and now. We're viewing two oh different universes God. of comics inside the oh my God. universe. That's wild. I don't think I've ever seen that. That's really interesting. That is really interesting. I think the only other time I've seen something like that, at least from my experience, was when I picked up the collection of uh, Death of the Family, New 52 Batman, where the collection, the dialogue in the final scene is completely different than the single issue. And I had to like... Yes, where they they recorrected it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's That's fascinating. Is your... Where would that single be? I, I could get it in like a minute. Is your... Well, go ahead and do that. But real quick before you do, is your movie called Spider-Man or is it called Arachno-Man? It's called Spider-Man. Mine's Arachno-Man. What the fuck? Go get your issue. Go get your issue. I'm going to get my issue. You talk about this. I'm going to get my issue real quick. So basically he's talking about, you know, uh, Lloyd Zant, Avi Arad, whoever he is, is talking about this new movie. And he's talking about his version of Spider-Man. He's like, oh, you know, Arachno-Man is like, he's an enigma. No one knows what his deal is. And the uh, the reporter asks him, is this somehow related to this Spider-Man character we read so much about? And Avi Arad, the shill that he is, is like, ah, see, for this, you have to buy a ticket. But imagine, if you will, the man behind the mask is this tragic loser, <laughs> this tragedy. A nobody, a pathetic loser. But when the mask is on, he grabs the entire world's imagination. And he starts giving this, like, terrible pitch for Spider-Man. And Peter straight up just yoinks the door off the hinges because he's so angry about it. Um, And so the two of them, uh, Gwen is like, what the fuck? You just yanked the door off its hinges. And Peter's like, oh, you know, I just fell off. And Gwen takes a hard left turn in the conversation when she's like, hey, you think they're going to have a scene in the Arachno-Man movie where the fake Spider-Man kills a fake version of my dad? You know, to commemorate the real Spider-Man killing my real dad. And Peter's like, what? And it just goes to show, at any moment, the conversation can turn thanks to the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. But as she heads away, we pan away from Gwen and Peter's conversation now having that really, uh, really tragic ending. And we pan over to Rikers Island, maximum security penitentiary to the cell of one Otto Octavius. And this was something that I thought was really interesting. There is a world in which someone doesn't read ultimate six uh-huh. and we're exactly where Otto was the last time we saw him in ultimate spider-man uh-huh i find that really That's strange smart what do you i that is smart it's it is smart it is very it is very uh to liken it to current marvel things it's very much like the disney plus shows how fair they make Plus, a perfect example at the end of Endgame, Sam is given a Captain America shield. 
Uh, and so that's the last time that you see him. So when you get to Captain America four, if you've seen Falcon Winter Soldier, then you know, okay, well, he didn't actually take up Captain America's mantle until the end of that, yada, yada, yada. But if not, then you go into that and he's Captain America. Makes sense. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. WandaVision, like none of that really impacts when you see, well, I guess it kind of does in the context of the story, but yeah, she's a Scarlet Witch, whatever. Uh, You know, Loki, you know, we know that he disappeared. I think think that's different. I think that's very different. That that one is different. Yeah, for sure. Um, All right. So the final verdict. Next week starts principal photography on Spider-Man, a movie shot right here in New York City. Acclaimed cult director is helming the project, which is rumored to be budgeted north of $100 million. Details about the project are being held tight to the vest. So tight to the vest? What? Uh, but we had an opportunity to sit down with Academy Award-winning producer Avi Arad for a sneak peek at this cinematic extravaganza. And that makes this an ET exclusive. That it actually says an ET exclusive. Yes, it does. Because mine doesn't say that. It says and that makes this an exclusive. Oh, yeah, because mine says an ET exclusive too. When you when you said like the Ratkin thing, I was like, what? Like, what are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know why. And it's just this issue. Because after is this, they start calling him fascinating. Yeah, it's it's very odd. So no, it's 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 like normal in here. For some reason, they changed it for the collection. That's really strange. That's so interesting to know. It is so, so interesting. We're going to come back to this. But uh, huh. so we, anyway, we visit off. with Otto in in prison. And even the even the security guard comes up and shows him the front page. And it says Arachnoman the movie. It's nope, so a Spider-Man weird. Movie. So... <laughs> Uh, so he's basically saying like, hey, you know, your ex-wife sold out your story to be part of this uh, part of this movie. Maybe they'll invite you to the premiere like this cop's just like his, this prison guard is just taunting him. This guy sucks. You know who doesn't suck? Kong. King. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Kong is awesome. Kong rips, dude. <laughs> he is. He is Kong. the best character. Kong wants to be in the movie. And yeah. much like any any movie that comes to a town near you, they want to cast extras for the cheap. Mm-hmm. And so Kong is trying to rally the other students to go and uh, be part of this movie and audition and everything. Uh, everyone is more or less unenthused, including a now super blonde Liz Allen. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up every time. She changes her hair on the reg, whatever. On the reg. You know who doesn't change his hair on the reg? Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson needs to change that hair. He does. Get rid of that dumbass cut. And uh, Kong makes it very clear his feelings on Flash by throwing him against the lockers at one point. Kong is a good guy. Rightfully so. No friend should slap their friend. No. It just shouldn't happen. Kong is absolutely the person who looks like he would use the F slur, but would never actually do that. Like Kong is, ab- Kong is absolutely the person who would bully you, but ask your pronouns before he does. Oh, 100%. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that tweet earlier. <laughs> uh, Carol Ann's tweet about that earlier. I was like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. That would be Guy Gardner. Yeah. That he is. That he is. So, uh, meanwhile, at the Triskelion, 
we find out that just like at the end of Ultimate Six, they in fact did not move the the arms far Wait enough a away. Wait a second. Does it actually say the Triskelion in your thing? Yes. What the hell has happened? Because he's in Rikers. No, the the prison is in Rikers, but the next page we see it says the Triskelion, headquarters and home of the Ultimates. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. I thought you were the Doc Ock. Okay. Oh, My no, bad. no, no, no. I, 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 I skipped <laughs> over. He's in the Triskelion? What? I skipped over the little smirk he does. Because yeah. it's like, we yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. But, uh, see, the, this this whole Arachno-Man thing has gotten us all kinds of fucked it, up now. Now I'm really paranoid. I want to go line by line. <laughs> <laughs> so, the arms break out. They, in fact, did not move them far enough away. And the arms go to find Otto. Now, okay, so here's the thing. Next scene. Is your film Spider-Man in an orange and green costume? No. He's in a Spider-Man costume. He's in a Spider-Man costume with the Spider-Man movie eyes. Can what? You... Hold on. That is wild. Hold on a second. No, he's in a Spider-Man costume with the Spider-Man eyes. Like with the movie eyes. What the fuck is that? That's Arachno-Man, baby. That? And you know how I... The reason that it wasn't strange to me at all, this is a costume in the Ultimate Spider-Man game. This Arachno-Man costume is in the Spider-Man game. The Ultimate Spider-Man game on GameCube. I don't remember that. It's one of the first costumes you unlock. And so I thought this was a normal thing. No. No, what the hell is this? No, like this is straight up like he's in a Spider-Man costume with the Toby Spider-Man eyes. This is wild. Pointed they are and everything. And then it goes to like Sam Ra- and he's even talking like, oh, I can't see out of the eyes. And then it cuts to Sam Raimi like on the set with Avi Arad next to him. And No, this guy's Avi- clearly yeah. not like, look at this. This is clearly not Sam Raimi and Avi Arad. Oh my god. No. What? What? Okay, so Hang what on. we're going to do, listener, I'm grabbing is... issue again this right here. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Hang what on. we're going to do, listener, is we're going to uh Malcolm screenshot this page, sc- screenshot this specifically on your page, and we're going to post it up on Twitter once the uh once the episode goes live just to show people the difference. Cuz this is wild. Hell? What the hell? No! <laughs> this is this is so upsetting to me. <laughs> yeah, this is crazy, man. I don't understand. I re- I don't get it. I do not get it. I don't get it. What the hell is happening? But anyway, so Peter shows up, or Spider-Man shows up on the set of arachnoman slash spider-man of whatever the fuck the movie is whatever the fuck this is now (laughs) and he basically tells everyone hey you all suck i'm out of here he does a whole fuck you fuck you fuck you you're cool (laughs) you're cool (laughs) and he gets out of there the the producer whatever his fucking name is is basically like hey you know let us see you without the mask we'll cut you in on the profits and spider-man's like no you people suck and i'm leaving and so after he leaves, they reveal, oh, they were filming the whole time. Love and it. So they just 
go along from there. Um, following this, the arms officially find Otto in prison. He breaks out, and we are off to the races. Love it. So Otto, this is a weird scene for me because I don't remember this actually like bearing weight on anything. He uh, he breaks in this guy. He basically kills this guy and takes his house. And I don't know if this is ever followed up upon. I don't remember it being followed up on. If it's just like his no. base or whatever. No. But then we get this nine panel grid page of people shouting, look up in the sky. It's Spider-Man. Did you in your head? Did you do a different voice for every person? Yes. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's hell yeah. I mean, you have to. You You have to. You legally have to. But you see, okay. but look here now it's Spider-Man. It's no longer an Arachno man. Yeah, mine was for that issue. The first time, you jackass. (laughs) i don't understand i'm so mad and angry about this (laughs) see this is like the truth thing from a couple weeks back this is my truth thing this is my truth this (laughs) god damn it this is malcolm's truth god damn it so uh the last person who auditions is of course kong who is all over this. He's just like, and your name is Kenny. He's like, oh, they call me Kong. And they're off to the races. He gets cast. Hell yeah. And he's going to be making good money because extras do not typically get lines unless they get bumped up. Nope. Yeah. The fact that he got a line and it's, it's that line specifically. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the money line of the movie. It's the money like, line. That's the one. So he's, he's got to be getting paid good. For sure. So Kong gets it. He gets back with his Black Adam t-shirt and he's (laughs) letting everyone know about how well it was. And as everyone's, you know, fawning over uh, over Kong, uh, who shows up to spoil the mood? The girl from the wrong side of the track. So is there like a part in the script where Spider-Man like kills my dad? <laughs> my favorite part about that is that no one knows she's there. She no one ent- knows she's there. And then they all she, turn around and like, oh. <laughs> she enters into that conversation and everyone like slowly turns. <laughs> and then you know what happens. Then you see what happens. She, she gives us that classic Peter Parker special. Damn right. <laughs> Oh, this is a throwback of an of a volume, if ever there was one. It's a great volume. <laughs> it's a cool calm down one. This is like the Geldof volume. Yes, just it's a with a hundred percent less cool Geldof. Off. With a hundred percent less Geldof, uh, great cool off. It's it's wonderful. <laughs> cool off, no Geldof, is what we call this one. And <laughs> is that our straight no chaser? <laughs> That's what it is. Cool off, no Geldof. Cool off, no go. <laughs> <laughs> we are knocking these t-shirt ideas out of the park. Every I Saturday. know. We're crushing it. So uh, Peter and uh, Peter and Mary chase after Gwen and they try to be like, hey, look, like Spider-Man didn't kill your dad. She's like, dude, Spider-Man killed my dad. I don't care. And I feel like we had gotten past this. Nope. But... She's never passed it. 
Because Spider-Man killed her dad. Can you say that with a little bit more angst? I'm never past it. Spider-Man killed my dad. Excellent. 10 out of 10, no notes. So, I was I was going to go for a uh, Chris Zelka or whatever his ooh. name, Flash Thompson in uh, Amazing Spider-Man. It's like, I get it. Dad died. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Feels good, right? It feels good, right? <laughs> a performance that you like. Anyway. <laughs> I love that performance. That's the best Flash Thompson we've ever had. Shut you can what? at me. What? Live Tony action. Ravioli is right there. What are you talking about? Yeah, Tony Ravioli can go and be in more Wes Anderson films. I'll no, have my Flash Thompson. I will have my Flash Thompson be someone who I can actually see being Agent Venom. So penis Parker enough said get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> so, the best. <laughs> so Gwen is basically just like, look, I haven't got past this. I think about this all day, every day. Some maniac in a costume killed my father. And now they're making a movie about him. And then she just goes like delirious. She's just like, yay, Spider-Man. Yay. Let's make a big hero out of him and make a movie and dolls. And yippee. Yay. She's. She's on the edge of glory. <laughs> no. Hey, listeners, this is a fun challenge for you. If you're reading along, reread this entire scene where Gwen sounds like Kelly from Misfits. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> you want a real girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Do that. Have a good Stupid. time. So <laughs> she walks off. Oh, so what am I? <laughs> my god she walks off uh mary tries to console peter basically be like look like you didn't it's not your fault and peter's like dude it kind of was my fault i made spider-man but next we get our fashion icon of the week hell yeah it's doc ock in a robe hell yeah doc ock has made himself at home this the arms or should i say the arms, the arms, the mechanical, the mechanical arms, <laughs> have like transformed from the arms that we know into the Spider-Man Two arms. That each one of them has a personality. Yep, I I I love that. I don't hate it, <laughs> I, especially hate since it. this is from before the movie came out. Yes. This is leading up to the movie, so this is part two. So this is like April of two thousand four. Oh wow. So we see uh, at one point Otto's uh, ex-wife Rosalita comes on the screen. He breaks the TV and then we cut back to our girl Gwendolyn who is heading home and realizing, boy, there sure is a lot of weird black vans in our neighborhood (laughs) that weren't there when I left for school this morning. And she gets inside, and of course, she's the only one that's home. She she starts calling uh, Aunt May, and she looks out the window, and the fucking guy on the pow- on the uh, telephone pole oh just has God. his little binoculars, and I'm like, what Watch the it. fuck is this? Yeah, it's Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. It's Obi-Wan right there with his little binoculars. Hello there. <laughs> I just want to picture it every single time that Gwen looks at one of the new agents. They're just like, hello there. Hello there. Hello, hello, there. Like, hello there. That'd be so funny. 
if they ever adapt this, I just want this to be played by you and you and McGregor. Don't give him, don't credit him. No, <laughs> just have him be a walk on. Just like Brad Pitt in Deadpool two. Right. <laughs> I know that. Hello there. Hello there. And speaking of hello there, we turn the page and we get Mysterio. Hell yeah. Looking good. Looking fit. Looking fit. And looking thick as well. Yeah. So much so. Yeah, that that lady that he's got like prisoner is like gripping his thighs, like his super muscly thighs. Like it's a hot image. I don't know what this movie is, but uh And that was Under the Hood with Malcolm Russell Nelson, the podcast within a podcast where Malcolm takes a closer look at our superheroes from the waist down. Oh, yeah. Next week for more, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's crazy. This issue, they jump over to the Sam Raimi and Avi yeah, Arad that's designs. what it is in mine. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. I do not understand. What happened? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. So, so weird. They, uh, they're filming the movie. Mysterio is another villain played by Bruce Campbell, which I love. Mm-hmm. And they see, they look up and they see that Spidey's just been like watching them. Just doing that hate watching from a distance. Uh, you also get Kong saying his line, by the way. We do. We do indeed. You can't overlook that. This is this is the moment. This is Kong's moment. With that PowerPoint, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wide stance, point straight up at a 90, at, well, at a 45 degree. He's got it. <laughs> He's a star. I love it. And so they're doing their filming thing. They're just on the onset. Bruce Campbell's taking a break. When all of a sudden, who shows up? It's Doc Ock. And by Doc Ock, I mean Alfred Molina, because this is exactly the design from the film. Yes, it is. So the interesting <laughs> thing about this is that Doc Ock starts to look more like Alfred Molina in this. He's like, got that duster jacket. Yeah, even just like physically, he yes. starts to look more like Alfred Molina. He's a little dumpier. He's a little older. His wife is super old, like compared to like how he was when we first saw him. Like he was pretty fit. Like <laughs> he was, he was. You want to talk about fit men? Like, like he was a fit dude. Like he just, you know, was thick. But like he was, he was in good shape. He looked kind of like, uh, I'm like Goliath from Gargoyles. Yes, <laughs> like, excellent like analogy. Was, like he was that build, and now he's, I don't know, Hudson from Gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> If you haven't in a while, go watch Gargoyles again. It rules. <laughs> I guess go watch Gargoyles. I don't know why that's on my brain, but... <laughs> the, the pilot is still one of the most expertly paced pilots I've ever watched for any kind of show ever. Mm, good stuff. So, meanwhile, back with Gwen, uh, she realizes that it's not being paranoid if the world really is out to get you when the black vans start to actually line themselves up on the sidewalk. I love that. And all of a sudden... The uh, the hedge clipper man, Ewan McGregor, uh, <laughs> drops his uncivilized weapon and runs off to join the other uh, <laughs> the other Ewan McGregors as they jump into the black vans and they speed away because you just hear hello 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 <laughs> as they're driving away. <laughs> <laughs> I just they're all clones. We've decided they're all clones. <laughs> 
Clone Saga started early. They're LMDs. Excellent pull. They're LMDs. Excellent They're pull. shield LMDs. It's just that the template was Ewan McGregor. 2005 era Ewan McGregor. <laughs> if you're going to pull from someone to make clones of, 2005 yeah. Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Not a bad place to start. Fury had just watched Moulin Rouge for the first time. He was a couple of years late, but he was really taken by it. And you know, he was he's... like, this has been a motherfucking awakening. <laughs> <laughs> he's going down the halls of the Triskelion singing Come What May. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sir, Otto Octavius is broken out. Voulez-vous coucher à vos bois? I don't know what to tell you. I don't know Hey, man. <laughs> so, come back in another hour and a half i'm watching this again <laughs> so down in old moulin rouge we have spidey facing down Otto octavius the two of them tussling in the middle of rush hour tons of cars in the way the two of them battling and i have come around to the Otto Octavius ultimate arms that can just be Terminator 2. Because it's cool as shit. He doesn't use it as projectiles anymore. It's kind of like... Which is sad. Which is sad. But it's pretty cool as shit, right? Like... Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like because they're getting more inventive with the shapes that yeah. it turns into, it's more interesting for me. Yeah. But they continue to battle. Um, at a certain point, they, you know, they cross paths with the... Uh, with the rest of the film crew, Spider-Man gets disabled for a moment when who is he saved by? Leroy, one of the stuntmen on the set. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man. I'm going to say, I think this is an incredibly prescient and foreshadowing joke. Isn't it wild? Isn't it kind of wild that it's the creator of Miles Morales did this? <laughs> 2004. So Leroy is African-American. Yep. He's, I mean, you didn't have to say that. His name is Leroy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want it anyway. So I get listeners. I can say that I myself am a Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> I identify as a Leroy. <laughs> oh no. Um, so he's one of the stunt men. He's one of the stunt Spider-Man and he's like, Hey, my name's Leroy. I'm one of the stunt guys in the picture. And Spider-Man says under his breath, thought I got revamped there for a second. Which is so funny. That's such a joke of the week. That's <laughs> wild. What joke year? Of the week. What year did Miles Morales debut? Was that 2012? 2011. 2011. Okay. So that was seven years ahead of this. And it is 2000. Nine, when Donald uh, Glover is petitioning to be Spider-Man. That's crazy. And is making it very public that they won't make a black Spider-Man. So uh, it is It is well before all of it. Wild. What a, what a great banger of a joke. That only held up 50 times better. Because yeah. Miles. <laughs> That's incredible. So I thought I got revamped there for a second. <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny. <laughs> So Spidey continues his battle with Doc Ock when who shows up at the Parker household? It's Mary Jane with some amazing news. Dickbag McGee is gone. He is out of there. (laughs) Mr. Watson has been kicked out of the house. Mary Jane is free as a bird. And so she has returned 
to the Parker household to meet with Peter, but uh-oh, he's not there because he's working, right, MJ? Yeah, he's uh, at work. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was funny having to see Mary Jane, like, on the back foot, like, back pedal, like, yeah, yeah, he's at work, yeah. right, for sure. Yeah. Mary yeah. Jane having to be a bad liar. Yeah. A very bad liar. Because both of them see the TV where they see that Otto is facing down uh, Spider-Man. And Mary leaves. She mm-hmm. bails. Like, mm-hmm. panicked. She gives a real Peter excuse. I forgot I got to call my, um, I got to go. I'll be back later. <laughs> She's like, tell Peter. Um, yeah, she leaves. we get this amazing realization moment for Gwen if it's not the full realization it's the planting of the seed it's the beginning to piece it all together the seed there's a lot going on in this volume specifically around Gwen that she starts to notice this is this is Neo at the beginning of the first Matrix movie like starting absolutely to come together liquid metal and all yeah, like it's 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 all starting to form together into a picture for her, which is really interesting to see. That's and good, right? And so there's a there's a moment in the next uh, next spread here where Otto can see again. His sunglasses get knocked off, and he's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know how not able to see he's been. You know, it, it seems like he's it's it, the last because in Ultimate Six also, it doesn't seem like he can't see. It just seems like the the glasses kind of help, you know, kind help of shield. Yeah, I, I guess it's like like how Tom Holland Spider-Man puts it, like with his lenses, how it helps like focus better. You know, I guess that makes like, sense. There's so much yeah. output. I guess it's not necessarily that there's so much output. It's just that like the the sunglasses help like focus his vision or something. I don't know. That's but, fair. Yeah. So at a certain point, uh, Spidey gets disabled and knocked the F out. Yeah. And when he comes to, he's on a private jet. Did you see that coming? No. Because <laughs> the last thing he sees are these two kids. And I'm like, did those kids kidnap him? <laughs> are, they, are they secretly Norman Osborn's children? Oh, don't even joke. <laughs> so Spidey wakes up on this jet and he finds himself sailing over the ocean with Doc Ock. And I just want to ask you, what is his end game here? Because I don't think they ever touch on it. Why no. he kidnapped Peter, why they commandeered a plane, where they're going. You know, he's just moving. That's it. He's he's just moving. And he figured he'd take Peter with him because it's always easier when you move to a new place to have someone there, you know. And so it's uh, it's very interesting. This is a very strange, uh, very strange scene where Otto, I guess, is also a DMD because he (laughs) performs some dental surgery. I mean, not licensed. (laughs) That's why he does it so poorly. Yeah, probably. And this was kind of excruciating. It's a good villain scene. 
this is a good like full blown. Oh, he's a bad guy moment, which is this kind is of the uh, the nut torture scene from Casino from Royale. Casino Royale. Yeah. Oh yeah. With Le Chef. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think of that, or it has very strong like Owen Davian feels from Mission Impossible yes, Three. Yes, absolutely. Like, it, like it, it feels very much like the reversal of that plane scene in Mission Impossible Three. Like when he gets to the end. Yeah. Both films you should also see if 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 you, if you haven't in a while. Yeah. Go watch Mission Impossible 3 and Casino Royale. Yeah, Casino Royale, the best Bond movie. Add it to the list of films that we have been giving you this entire episode. (laughs) Exactly. Hey, go watch Spider-Man and (laughs) Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man 3. And Amazing Spider-Man. And Amazing Spider-Man 2. And Spider-Man Homecoming. (laughs) And Spider-Man No Way Home. And that's it. No other Tom Holland Spider-Man films. (laughs) <laughs> oh <And> so <laughs> wow interesting okay so we then get this flash this weirdly paced flashback sequence right they have this it's conversation really weird and he's like you want to know how i got you here <laughs> me as a reader i'm like not particularly like honestly I, it doesn't matter like you're here I, I now. Thought most of it, like, <laughs> like, what was the point of this? And so we get an extended flashback sequence where Otto is fighting himself, I guess, because there is a shield agent that rolls up that looks exactly like Otto Octavius. Yep. And for a moment, I was like, "Oh, is that our classic ripped Otto?" And this is some nope. kind of weird parallel Otto who snuck through. But nope. That's that's Jimmy. Jimmy. It's Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. Our boy. Or as he calls himself here, James Woo. James Woo. Yeah, he's, he's a professional. An yeah. He's an adult. I do like that his like heavy duty armor looks kind of like cable armor. Like it's got the cable shoulder pad. I was going to say the Doc Ock armor from Spider-Man the Animated Series. Yeah. It, yes. Yes, absolutely. Just recolored. Absolutely. But, but so we get this extended sequence where uh, Octavius just gives jimmy and and his gang the business and then escapes to a car where they drive off and then we get like this is this didn't work for me i didn't need this personally i didn't need this sequence i didn't need the extended flashback um no it's it's really unnecessary it's very weird it's it's weirdly and it feels like they were just trying to pad the issue a little bit like th- there's no reason to go back on the media res thing right like, we already jumped to this like let's let's just be on the plane let's just go i honestly would be fine if they just had like a really long conversation on the plane i think yeah. that'd be really interesting. and there's something interesting that you could do with that too you know you could get a lot of character development there for sure as opposed to seeing stuff that we no one needs no one cares it doesn't yeah. matter it's a very strange scene. This is the worst part of the volume. <laughs> yeah, I, I genuinely could have gone from him just pulling his tooth out to cutting to this Gwen scene. Yeah. And we see her go into the basement and we see the trunk where Peter's been keeping all the Spidey stuff. And Gwen goes full uh, wrong side of the tracks on this trunk, opening it up to reveal a Spider-Man costume. So do you think that's what was in the briefcase for Marcellus Wallace in Pulp Fiction? Because when she opens it, it has the glow. It does have the glow. So do, do you think that's what it was, that it was a Spider-Man costume? I, I also think it's what was in uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, that's what melted faces. That as sense. well as the box in Seven. 
Oh, it's all connected. Oh. It's all Spider-Man because he's. I heard. Ass. I heard that if you ask Gwyneth Paltrow about being in Seven, she'll say that she's never heard of that movie. I heard if you ask Gwyneth Paltrow if she's been in any movie, she'll say that she's never been in a single movie, except for Royal Tenenbaums. She remembers You're that right. one. She remembers that one specifically. <laughs> She's like Wes Anderson's the only person I've ever worked with. <laughs> it's it's like, world of bombs and view from the top. <laughs> like I'm still young in my career. I've only had a couple roles. I've only had a couple roles. I was in that plane movie, View from the Top. It was a really good time. <laughs> so Gwen sees the Spider-Man costume, and there's this heartbreaking panel where she's just, "You killed my father. Prepare to die." Mm-hmm. Like, and so we get to wherever they are. Uh, Which, real quick, do you do you get the covers in your digital uh, volume? Yes, I do. I think the covers for this volume are amazing. They're very interesting because they're different from what we usually get. They're very intense. The cover for this one, where it's like him like just Spider-Man's being body up. being draped by, like, yeah, is sick. Yeah. <laughs> That's an awesome. Very cover. very cool. So they touch down in Sao Paulo. International Airport in Brazil. Yeah. Why? We still don't know. So, so Otto just explains just a little bit that like Peter's only there for an insurance policy because right. Shield clearly cares about Peter. But why is he going there? Why is he going there? No extradition, baby. It's 2004. <laughs> God. <laughs> no extradition, baby. That's probably why. Oh, man. So Pete wakes up battles uh battles auto on the tarmac ends up finally disabling him beats the ever-loving hell out of him and kind of just whoops his ass which is awesome like i kind of love that he just whoops his ass like he puts in two minutes of work and just does it and once auto is knocked out on the ground spidey is faced with brazil's military who have rolled up and are Mm -hmm. not willing to negotiate with him uh until i i love his dialogue there too just like i swear to god i am going to cry right now <laughs> like he's so stressed about it uh, <laughs> mood let me just say uh, he's and he says like uh, at one point he's like i swear i will do whatever you say if you just say it in english <laughs> just say it in english <laughs> And finally, uh, this lady walks up. She is obviously like a Federales agent. It's so, uh, it's it's uh, Elena from from, uh, Fast from Fast Five. Thank you. <laughs> Which, for listeners, if you don't know, is the film where they go to Brazil. It's the film that is mostly credited with restarting and jumpstarting the franchise once again turning the film franchise from a strictly racing focused series to a heist series which would eventually of course be evolved further into an action adventure series this is brazil raises his arms up it's the best great scene great scene then he's on the rock do the right thing if my favorite i think that's my favorite rock movie to be honest, I think I think that is absolutely my favorite movie that The Rock is in. I still love Scorpion King, man. That original Scorpion King's bad, but it's incredible. Like the Scorpion King solo film. Yes. Okay. Okay. Godsmack, okay. I stand alone. 
Okay. <laughs> Jesus. The song yeah. that fueled a thousand Vegeta AMVs on YouTube yeah. back in the day. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, listeners, if you haven't in a while, watch Fast Five. Watch Fast Five. It's also, on Hobo Max. Also, watch Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, the best racing movie in the franchise. It's it's the one that focuses the most on cars. It's the one that focuses the art the most of driving it and learning a new skill. It is the greatest car driving anime I have ever watched. Purely based on those qualifications, yes, I will agree with you. Thank you. Moving on. So that is Spider-Man. That is a fair argument. Spider-Man converses with Elena. Uh Elena basically tells him that look, you're in foreign, you're in a foreign country. We need to take you in. We need to get your statement. I need you to unmask. And the moment that she says the U word, Spider-Man is out of there. He said, oh, gotta go. (laughs) Gotta go. And he stows away on a, on a uh, commercial liner. Mm -hmm. 32 minutes later, he's incredibly cold because, hey, they don't have any kind of heating in the cargo hold. Yeah, no. So he starts digging into these poor families' luggage. I love it. This spider thief. This is a, this is a menace. This is a true menace. But this is also when it shifts from Spider-Man Two to Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Because yeah, <laughs> Spider-Man jumps from uh, from luggage to luggage because he realizes, oh, they've touched down in Atlanta. He needs to go to New York. So he hops in a suitcase marked for Newark, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Which I, I understand how hard of a decision that is. Like, if you want to go home, you, you got to go home. But no one wants to go really? to Newark. You want to go through New Jersey? Like, no one wants to go through New Jersey. Oh. You know, we've had a lot of fun here today. But uh, I really do want to apologize if any of you listening are from New Jersey. Because we haven't been kind to New Jersey and the book club. Listen, I'm a New Yorker. I ain't going to be kind to New Jersey. (laughs) I've smelled New Jersey. I ain't going to be kind. Fair enough. So (laughs) Spider-Man is awoken by this crew who, at the Newark, New Jersey airport, awakens to find this man in a patchwork set of clothes. Including, for some reason, a Santa hat. He's got a Santa hat. He's got a jacket. He's got purple pants with a cuff. And he's got these, like, boots. I don't know what is going on with this guy, but he is all over the place. And he's 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 ready for action. They, the guy freaks out when he sees him. Goes, ah! And he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> and he just bolts. He just rabbits. And it's so good because this is when Aunt May is coming home to yeah. the airport. And she sees, like, he runs right by her, which <laughs> is wild. Incredible timing. Just it's absolutely so incredible timing. <laughs> and so Spidey makes his way out onto a bus. Aunt May gets into a taxi. And we then get the John Hughes where spider-man is hopping on vehicles because he doesn't have his web shooters because during the fight with ock ock stole them and broke them oh broke them yep 
So Peter is trying to make his way home before Aunt May gets there. Uh, I love this one moment where he's hopping along uh, vehicles and Aunt May, like, is sitting in the taxi. She looks up and she thinks she sees him. And there's this moment where he's gone and she just goes, nah. I love it. Especially since we know how traumatized Aunt May is by Spider-Man. By Spider-Man, and The fact yeah. that Spider-Man is constantly, like, revolving around her. Just a coincidence of that. That would be terrifying if after For you her have to this... see someone in a Spider-Man mask running past her in the airport and then think you're seeing him on the car, like... On the night- way home. This is a nightmare for her. Yes. Like, it's fun for us, but it is her worst nightmare. Like... So Peter finally makes it home before Aunt May heads into the basement when who is waiting for him with a gun pointed at his face? The girl from the wrong side of the tracks. She says, hello, my name is Gwendolyn Stacy. You killed my father. Prepare to die. (laughs) And we get one of the most tense conversations we've had so far in this series. Gwen's pointing a gun at Peter. Peter is standing there in a Spider-Man costume, unmasked. And he's just like, where did you get a gun? And she's like, it was my father's. And this is terrifying. Like, I I was clenched up the entire conversation. This is a very upsetting scene. It is. It's very high tension. Peter is trying to convince her that it wasn't him. And all of a sudden they hear that Aunt May's home. What a time for Aunt May to finally get home. Because now they're up to shenanigans. Uh-huh. They and warned no, about shenanigans. Now, I, I, I can't picture a more shenanigans scenario than her, than her coming so, home to see one of her children pointing a gun at the other child dressed as Spider-Man. Yep. That would be real bad. Real bad. From experience, it's a bad thing to walk into after a vacation. Just what? a bad thing. So what? Peter disarms Gwen huh? and is able to <laughs> keep her quiet and then gives this incredible monologue. This wonderful monologue basically telling her, like, I'm trying to help people not hurt them. Like, I was with you when we found out about your dad. I couldn't have been there. We caught we caught the guy. I didn't want to tell you because I wasn't I didn't want to hurt you. And he's like, please believe me. And it's that like it's that panic that we see um that we see with Tom Holland's Spider Man in uh yeah. in Captain America Civil War. Yeah. When he's like, I don't want my Aunt May to know she couldn't handle it, not yet, not now. Like yeah. you please, I will tell you everything just Trust me, I did not kill your father. And I love the silence from the two of them. We get a nice little blurb with Aunt May just like talking to herself. But the silence is utilized it's, really well. Yeah, the, I, I think all the staging and the physical staging of this entire sequence, because like Peter's got his hand like over Gwen's mouth so she doesn't yell. Uh, and then, you know, let's go. Like you see him and it's very good art from Bagley. Agreed. You see the hand loosening a little bit. Yeah. Just very, very slightly. The hand is slightly like a little less tense. And then he pulls the hand away and she steps away and she puts her hand like up to her mouth. Like, like it, it's very good dramatic acting. 
Agreed. It is it is very good. And speaking of the really good subtle art, um, when we pull back to the next page, Peter's mouth is hella swollen. Uh-huh. And it remains uh-huh. that way for the rest of the issue, and I love it. Uh-huh. So Gwen runs off. Uh, Aunt May goes down to find Peter. Peter has successfully changed back into street clothes. He comes up with a lie about Battle Ball. Yep. As you know, that game that everybody plays, Battle Ball. As uh as a fan of Final Fantasy X, I was really hoping he was gonna say Blitzball. Stop. Missed opportunity. Get out of here. Opportunity. My favorite Final Fantasy. So later on, Peter is conked out after his visit with a real dentist, Dr. Britt Baker. And he is under some kind of drugs when Mary Jane rolls up, having, again, successfully evaded her grounding. She is a free bird, and the two of them get to see each other outside of school for the first time in God knows how long. Very nice, tender scene. The two of them just being like, what the fuck happened? And she's like, oh, I saw what happened. Like, you were fighting Doc Ock in Brazil. And, you know, the... uh the news coverage has been going all day just tracing Spidey's adventure from Brazil back to New York, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's it's very um castaway in that. Yes, it is. That's a good comparison, yeah. And so uh at one point we have the TSA guy that found him basically be like, Look, all I know is I opens up the baggage compartment and there was this dude in a Spider-Man outfit and he was all done up like a broad. That's funny because I saw this guy and I thought he looked like Phil Lamar. So I heard it in a Phil Lamar voice. Fair. Fair. He's like, all I know is I opened up the baggage compartment and there was this dude in a Spider-Man outfit and he was all done up like a broad. <laughs> Stunning Phil Lamar impression. Oh, really thanks. I watched a lot of Justice League. <laughs> As everyone should. You know what? If you haven't in a while. <laughs> Is that go the back, title of this episode? Go back and watch. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get one of those like detective noir like title panels that just <laughs> yeah, says exactly. in quotes, panel. if you haven't in a while, dot, 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 dot. That's another shirt. That's another shirt. God damn. That's good. We got a two for one. That's really good. <laughs> we got it. That's that's a really good one. That's Listeners, really if good anyone one. is a graphic artist, I will pay you message to commission us. <laughs> message us. We will pay you to commission these designs. Yeah, that's we will really put good. them up on T Public. We will get that's, them somewhere. That's really good. <laughs> if you haven't in a while, and if you haven't in a while, yeah, and it's like the old like Pleasantville style. Yes. Like, yeah. And also cool off, no guild off. Cool off, no guild off. <laughs> and so as we get into this um and this was the first moment that i noticed the changeover from arachno man to spider-man in my initial read it says producers of spider-man said that though there was some damage done to the outdoor locations no one was hurt and then it it cuts to avi arad plainly calling it titling him avi arad avi arad producer yeah Mm-hmm. What a weird, wacky thing. I My mind is still very blown about that. that I is don't so understand weird. it. I don't like it. Me either. So 
the two of them talk uh, about the Gwen conversation and she and Peter's like, I didn't tell her. I don't know how she put it together. And then Mary Jane realizes what happened. And she's like, I uh, I came over yesterday. Yeah, they had a had this live feed of the TV of you finding the guy with the arms, the alms and and, yeah. and I got really upset and I might have run out of your house and it may have looked a little suspicious. I love it. I yeah. love because a lot of the uh, Peter Mary relationship has been Peter screwing up. And I kind of like that they're both fallible. Yeah. Yeah. They're both bad at it. We've yes. been talking about the whole the whole series. Peter's yeah. really bad at this. MJ's really bad at this too. Because they're kids. Because they're kids. And <laughs> they should kid, be. Kids wouldn't be very good at this. <laughs> so they're kind of freaking out when Gwen re-enters the scene. She's like, look, I was going to find out eventually because like, I'm not stupid. And they basically talk about what was said. She says, you know, I... I was mad and I needed something to hate. And she says, now I live with Spider-Man and she's basically like, so who knows other than us? And Peter says, nobody. MJ says, just us. And Gwen says, I will never, ever, ever betray you or your friendship to anyone ever. All the stuff you and your aunt have done for me. I mean, you're the only people on the planet Earth who give two anythings about me. All the stuff you do for people. I will do anything to help you or or to protect you. Anything. I mean it. And I love this. Yeah. I love this scene. I I I love going back just slightly, I love the bit when she steps in and you know, because she ran off. Yeah. So to go meet may and peter's like where did you go and she's like at first i went to the backyard i was there for about an hour thanks for chasing after me and he's like i had and he's like no i was like i was kidding i was just sitting <laughs> back there and then i went to the movies and i went to the library and they're like what did you do at the library she's like i was reading stuff about you the, the other you and and about my dad and what happened to him like i i i i love that that is the journey that that character went on yeah is that she you know Gwen Stacy is a smart person. Like, Agreed. and that, that does hold here in this universe. That Gwen Stacy is a smart person. And so she went to do research. Yeah. Because she had the inkling of, you know, if Peter is Spider-Man, then maybe Spider-Man's not a bad guy because Peter is a good guy. Yeah. And Peter so Parker's like, a good person. Went to look into that. And like I, I love that. And then that leads to to this moment of her being like, I, I will never betray you. Like I I, I care and I would never betray you or your trust or your family. Like I, it's a, once again, just like the Geldof volume, you have a bunch of silly and a bunch of nonsense and a bunch of weird. And then a real banger of a last issue yep. where it really like brings it all together. And you're like, Holy shit. Like this That's is Spider-Man goofy beforehand because you have a moment like this where it is just so impactful. This is one of the best moments in the entire run. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. So the three of them kind of collapse down onto Peter's bed and it's, it's the beginning of a new level of friendship for them. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. I like that a lot. And officially this Gwen Stacy is now closer to Peter than the 616 Gwen Stacy was because she knows mm -hmm. a secret, mm -hmm. which means there's gotta be something bad that happens, right? Because it's Gwen Stacy. 
I'm worried. I'm worried about my sweet baby Gwen. So don't be worried. Don't say that. I don't like the pause you had before you said that. Don't be worried. Anyway, um, we cut in now at Stark Industries or C, where (laughs) (laughs) where uh, Otto is brought to Nick Fury. Otto is drugged up to high heaven just barely cognizant enough to recognize where he is. They're at a forge. Why, you may ask, dear listener. I'm glad you asked. (laughs) It's because Nick Fury is here to make a statement. I love this shit. This is awesome. (laughs) So Fury's basically like, we're here because of your arms. He's like, I've had you sedated just enough so that you can't control your arms mentally, but not so much that you'll miss out on what we're about to do. And he just Terminator 2s these uh, these arms. They are just boiling alive. And I can kind of hear this like really shrill shriek. That, yeah, that sounded yeah. exactly. Because they, because they do that with the arms in Spider-Man 2. Yes, exactly. It's, and it's very subtle. But if you're used to how that movie sounds, you notice it. Yeah. Where like, especially like when when Doc Ock's like awakening, like on the hospital bed after he's killed everybody, yeah, and the arms up in the air and they're like chittering a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's like a little high pitched scream that they make. And so I picture this. Otto is feeling them burn alive. Mm-hmm. Otto is feeling every second of this. This so, is so cold. Yeah, <laughs> ice cold. Ice cold. It's incredible. <laughs> but Fury's basically like, look, you killed some of my people, so only makes sense that I kill some of yours. Yeah. And you know, Otto gets sent away, he's shrieking into the night. And Nick Fury even looks back at the forge and he's like, keep an eye on it for a while, just in case. We then cut to four months later where Spider-Man has taken over New York. And for me, <laughs> finally seeing the Tobey yes. Maguire Spider-Man. Yes, that is proper. With the eyes. It's the eyes. I love that they gave him the Tobey eyes. Yes. Very, uh, very cool. The best Spider-Man eyes in the movie. Ooh, uh, disagree. So that's another time for another episode. Mm. So meanwhile back at uh back at midtown high kong is a celebrity because he's been in the biggest blockbuster of the year everyone's you know fawning over him and at a certain point he wants to include the brat pack he wants to include peter mj and gwen he's like because kong is a good guy he's a good guy he's like you guys get to see it yet and mj's like no not yet and peter says i actually don't have enough money to buy a ticket Kong says, well, I totally hope you go. And Peter says, yeah, I heard it's awesome. So what? So they used footage of Peter fighting Doc Ock. Ock, And that's how they were able to pump out that movie fast. Because I know everybody's thinking, like, how were they filming this movie like four months ago? And then it comes out like now? Like, that's how. Yep. Exactly right. And it is hilarious how this ends i wasn't sure 
how I felt about the ending immediately. But in retrospect, it's like, it's that classic, you know, um, it turns on the head, the classic, like Superman, uh, George Reeves, where he's like, you know, I just, I'm glad that Superman was there. And he yeah. turns to the camera and he winks. He winks. Yeah. It's, it's the Kurt Swan wink. Yeah. <laughs> this is the opposite of that. This is the, yeah, I heard it's awesome. And he turns to the camera and you just hear, war, war, war. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. So as we're wrapping up here, Malcolm, what was your overall thoughts on the volume? And did you have a favorite part? Uh, I like this volume. It's, it's again, a weird cool off one. Uh, cool off, no Geldof. Cool off, no um, Geldof. It, it's a weird cool off one. You know, you get some wacky hijinks and some shenaniganery. You know, he goes to Brazil. It's great, whatever. But it's so worth it. Again, just leading to that last bit. Uh, which my, my favorite part is this whole last issue. I think it's so wonderfully put together. Mm -hmm. um, it's the it's the two conversations with Gwen. It's the conversation between Peter and Gwen, and then the conversation between Peter, MJ, and Gwen. Like, I think it's so wonderful and so well put together, especially like the way that that three-way conversation ends with all of them kind of just sprawling out on the bed. And that makes them a friendship circle. That is that is the beginning of Archie, Betty, and Veronica like being yes. friends. Yeah, you know like it's it's a great moment um yeah it's it's great and i love it uh i i think this volume is wonderful purely because of that otherwise like it's super fun i think it's great that you know they get to not tie in but refer to you know the spider-man movie and such like that's that's super fun and goofy and it's it's a cool way to do the media tie-in but yeah i yeah. like this volume yeah, it was it was interesting and I just I'm I'm kind of sad that we don't get to talk to Jacob about Wait. Hold on, we're getting a call. Jacob's calling me, okay. Oh, okay. That's perfect time. Uh, wow. Hello? Fellas, fellas, it's great to hear you. I am freezing right now, traveling over the transatlantic ocean. It's probably not Atlantic Ocean, but uh, we're we're traveling and it's uh i got a while to go and um oh, oh boy okay so um i gotta say like i really liked really like this volume but it took up most of the trip uh riding over there so i'm gonna really excited uh i'm sure there's a, a big oversight on the whole jacob brown movie uh you know uh, sam Raimi was supposed to put in like a like a private jet for me but uh, i found this like nice uh, commercial plane it was a little more easier and cheaper and apparently more cheaper in the baggage area. I didn't know you can like just just jump in there. I'm going to say that this this was a fun volume. This is uh, this is the most it's very meta. We're getting we're getting really meta with our comic books now and uh, it's kind of interesting. It's very funny how much all of this is what we wanted like after this movie. <laughs> it, like uh, Bruce Campbell being being Mysterio uh, was probably like one of my favorite parts of this book. The mirroring image of uh, of Ivan. What's his name? It's like RV Ivan. I think that's his name. Uh, he's the big producer of all like the the early Spider-Man movies and all every Spider-Man movie actually. He's also been like the fault of a lot of bad problems in the movies too. But at the same time, uh, him working with Sam Raimi and these things, the the tragicness of, of of Gwen Stacy is probably my favorite part of this entire volume. Just just um, her finding out the truth, 
good God, I thought she was going to shoot Peter right there on the spot. And how they come to terms with that and uh, just just that poor confrontation after everything that Peter's been through. It's always the way, isn't it, with these volumes that he just goes through so much shit throughout the rest of it. And then at the end, he finally gets uh, his comeuppance with this big moment of like one of his uh, friends or so, whether it's Mary Jane or Aunt May and now Gwen, he has always met up with these ultimate responsibilities uh, from what happened. And I'm glad that he got through to Gwen. That would have been really sad to like see like how I thought, I thought she was gonna leave probably too at the end of it if she didn't work anything out. This felt like a John Hughes movie directing like uh, directing Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2. <laughs> it was uh, it was really kind of awesome. This was a nice like getaway also from like all the seriousness that we've been dealing with um even though we'd still got to deal with Gwen. It's this was actually fun. Man, is it cold in here? The the overall feeling I have for this is uh, it's great. It's uh, it's can uh, you know Doc Ock. You can't go wrong with him finding out his, his limitations in terms of like mentally controlling his arms was fascinating like even more of a stretch and uh, still terrifying to me the ultimate end of his arms at the end too is very t2 uh it was it was great to see this kind of moment too um it's ultimately what i i thought they were going to do like after the ultimate six uh with doc ox arms i can't believe they like allowed it to to, to have it this one less little adventure one more time but overall um i hope you're loving it listeners because this is this is this is so good it's, it's these these interpreta- reinterpretations of these characters and and this story this this story was very meta and i kind of i half hate it and i half love it. it it was so much fun but it was just worth it just to get the 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 gwen stacy portion of what we what we got to learn Please be safe out there. Uh, uh, oh, oh we, I think we just landed. I'm going to go meet my adoring public. Um, I can't wait. And I hope to see you this summer on uh, Jacob Brown, the movie. It is a starring Timothy Chalamet and uh, also co-starring me. But uh, I'm kind of more or less in and out of the movie. We, we both kind of dual, dual Jacob Brown. It's, it's, a, it's a Gemini thing. That's the tagline of the movie. So be sure to check it out this uh, summer. I hope to see you guys soon. Take care. Ah, my adoring public. Oh, where is everybody? Oh, wow. Okay, I I had heard, I had heard rumblings about Jacob Brown the movie. Um, I mean he's the most famous person in Tucson, Arizona. So I guess this is absolutely true. I'm just that does sound scared for him that does sound like a project that avi arad would sink his teeth into yeah avi doesn't have a lot going on right now no not a lot so i get it i guess i'm just wondering who's gonna play us fancaster right now who's playing who's playing me i'll i'll say who's playing you uh who's playing i eric i'm sorry i hate to do it you know he's perfect it's got to be ryan potter Ah oh, man, I get it. I get it. I I it, I get it. I I know it's I know it's perfect. I get that's it. the problem. Just, I'm sorry. I hate you. I know. Well, I got I got to give it to a Mr. John Boyega. <sighs> He's my Ryan Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just know we're there's, both in pain here. There, there's a, there's another. He's my Ryan Potter. 
That's, that's another design for the store. And it's a picture of me holding a picture of Finn. Yes. <laughs> Just angrily. Yes. It's like the Wolverine meme of him holding the picture frame. Yeah, but except angry instead of longing. Finn and and uh and Ray together. <laughs> angry. <laughs> so uh Either way, I'm excited to uh, I'm excited to see this Jacob Brown the movie should be yeah should be pretty exciting. But yeah. I uh, overall with this volume, I gotta agree with both of your points. I had I had some fun with it. I wasn't expecting it to go this direction. Yeah, um, the meta commentary I thought was really fun in a kitschy superhero way, not in like a more grounded way that people do meta commentary in comics now. No. Um, this was interesting. I I still I have kind of major problems with uh, with the Doc Ock flashback backtrack. That is so weird. It's so weird. It doesn't make any sense. Doc to me. Ock flashback backtrack. backtrack. That is a new tongue twister for my thespians out there. Use that in your next warm ups. Doc Ock flashback backtrack. <laughs> If we ever put that into merch, it would it would have to be a like a headband that just like links. It just itself. loops around, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Calendar man style, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed this volume. My favorite part, like you said, is the is the last issue with Gwen and Pete. It's yeah. been a long time coming, and I'm yeah. excited to see how this relationship grows coming out of this. Because you know that every single time that there's a come down volume, there's got to be something terrible on the way. So, mm-hmm. but that does it for volume 10 of Ultimate Spider Man. Tons of fun. Uh, tune in next week for volume 11, which. Oh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh no. Uh huh. Volume 11 entitled Carnage. My absolute all-time favorite interpretation of Carnage. Really? 100%. Interesting. Okay, so this is going to be issues number 60 through 65, and synopsis goes like this. The ultimate titles are well known for adding a unique twist to classic Marvel characters, and you better believe they're about to get a whole lot more twisted. One of the most ruthless villains in the history of the Marvel Universe, the fan favorite Car- fan favorite Carnage, gets mm-hmm. the ultimate treatment, and though young Peter Parker has proven himself time and time again on the field of battle, can even he hope to defeat this heartless killing machine? Oh boy. So I want to give you a heads up here. Okay. The next one, two, three volumes. The next three volumes are the most controversial era of Ultimate Spider-Man. Really? So 11, 12, 13? Yeah. They okay. are the most controversial era of, of Ultimate Spider-Man. Hands down. Hands down. Because I feel like it's the next three that nobody likes. Okay. I love them. I I I think I think Volume Eleven Carnage is super interesting. Like I, I think it's really good and super interesting. I think volume twelve is really interesting. And then volume thirteen is a great time. 
All right. Well, I am I'm willing to give it a chance considering how well they did Venom. So it we'll see. It is it is a carnage along those lines. There is one thing very specific. So last week in reading volume 10, I knew that 11 was coming. I knew what happens in 11. And I was like, I can't wait. I'm starting. So I read 10 and 11, like in one night. Oh, shit. Like I, like I just read them together in one night. And there's one thing that I completely forgot about being in that volume. And I don't know if you're going to like it or hate it. Oh, no. And you will know immediately. You will know immediately whether you like it or hate it. Oh, God. Okay. Well, tune in next week to find out if I like it or I hate it. Uh, <laughs> next week, we'll we'll have a new segment. Does Eric like it or hate it? <laughs> Which Eric will talk about whether he likes it or hates it. Yeah, tune in for that next week. Uh, same geek time, same geek channel. But uh, for now, for the Geeksplain Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I've been Malcolm Russell Nelson. And really quick, I do want to say, Eric, congratulations on four years of Geeksplain. Oh, thanks, man. You're that is amazing. Uh, that's wonderful. I'm very proud of you. I remember when you were starting this and like talking about starting it, uh, you know, you were, you were still like kind of Tucson bound at that time. And like, I, you know, it, you've come a long way, not just as a podcaster, but as a person as well. And I love you and I'm very proud of you, man. I think what you've done with this has been awesome. And I'm so blessed and lucky that you've brought me into this. And I'm sure Jacob would say the same thing if he was here. Congratulations, man. Seriously. That's amazing. Thank you. Four years down. Here's to 137 more. <laughs> Thank you, man. That that means the world. And I'm sure if Jacob wasn't jet setting on on set for his latest movie, yeah, um, you know, he'd he'd have words for the little people. Here, maybe know? one day. Yeah. Maybe when he's maybe while he's chatting up Timothy Chalamet on his new film, he'll uh, yeah. What the heck, man? Let us know. It's crazy. But thank you, man. That that means that means the world. I I really do really do. Yeah, man. That. Congratulations. Thank you. But uh, yeah, so tune in next week, Volume 11 of Ultimate Spider-Man, Issues 60 through 65. Thank you very much for listening. Stay safe, and we will see you next time. I got nothing.
inside. 